right. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of The Dining Room Table. I'm your host, Rhonda X. And as always, I'm excited for you all to be tuning in with me today. Um, I want to talk a bit about self-confidence and self-esteem. Society has this portrayal that women are the only people who struggle with their identity or with loving themselves wholeheartedly or believing in themselves. However, I know a man, a good man who struggles with finding himself and I believe he struggles with valuing himself and knowing his worth. And I honestly wanted to shed light on men who struggle with self-esteem issues as well because it's important to not only give men a platform to be vulnerable, but to let them know that they don't have to suffer in silence. And I'm happy to invite this man on my podcast because it's something about his spirit that wounds my soul. When I met him for the first time, I knew he was going to be a long-term friend of mine. And he gives me so much hope in the Black men. So without further delay, I want to introduce my friend, Alexander LeSueur. What's up, my guy? What's happening? That was an amazing intro. I'm that glad. was very nice. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad you know to be you. a part of this. Um, How's your day going? <clears throat> it's good. It is not... um um sunny in california just hailed like crazy on top of my baby uh, my car just got dented and uh, oh but no what's i the know name, um what's the name of your car again trina trina not yep. not trina yeah yeah so it's it's okay but i think this is gonna be the last storm of the season i just got a good feeling about it because it was crazy like 10 I was ago. I was looking forward to coming to California because it's raining right now in Atlanta as well, and I said, "Man, I'm gonna go home to some rain too." Yeah, you ain't. <laughs> this gonna is miss not supposed rain. to be like this. Yes, yes. Um, but I'm glad that you're all right. You're on your way to work, right? Yep. Pretty soon. Pretty soon. Gotta get the money. Well, I want to thank you for providing the time to talk to me in your busy mm-hmm. schedule. Um, and before I get into my questions for the day, I just want to give you the permission to be yourself. I want you to know that everything, everything doesn't, doesn't have to have- make sense or do they need to be said for approval? I want you to say whatever's on your mind and on your heart and know that I got you. All right. All righty. Thank you. Thank you. Um, no problem. So my first question for the day is, why are you so apologetic? And just for my listeners, for them to get some clarity on that question, I always tell Alex he's sorry. And um, why is he always, he's always apologizing to me, right, Alex? And I'm just yeah. like, dude, why do you keep saying sorry? And I kind of want to know and understand, I guess, the story or the history behind that. So why are you so apologetic? Um, you know, it's funny, dude. Yesterday at work, um, my boss uh, said the same thing. She was like, oh, my gosh, you say sorry a lot. I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. I guess. I don't yeah. <laughs> but in the back of my head, I'm like, damn, like, too many people keep telling me this. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's more so, I mean, I don't, I mean, like, I feel like a lot of people, we don't like to disappoint others, whether it's in your work setting, friends your your partners, family. Um, but I guess for me, um, it's been brought to my attention for the past couple of years that I do say sorry a lot. And for the most part, from what I can identify when reflecting on it, it's more so that I'm afraid of having that uncomfortableness with someone if I disappoint. 
because I'm afraid of where that may lead. Because I do feel like the, the more you disappoint people, the more that like starts to like wear on the the type of uh, relationship that you have with the person. Mm-hmm. So if I try to avoid that because I just don't want to have, especially if I care about this person, you know, I don't want to disappoint them in any type of way. So if I feel like I dropped the ball, it could be something big and or something small. I'm going to be saying sorry. And the people mm-hmm. will be looking at me like, oh, it's not that deep. It's okay, you know. But I'm, you know, I'm, I'll say sorry for saying sorry. You know, it's like, you know, <laughs> right. I don't know why. I don't know why I'm like that. But it's so much of like, I just don't want to have to lose that person because of my, uh, because of my faults or uh, not accomplishing something. Do you think Do that, that stems from from childhood? if you can reflect back on your childhood and about a time where you consistently or constantly said sorry to people, can you think about a time or why it is that you say sorry? There wasn't no like real point of my childhood that was like a, a, a pivotal moment and where I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so apologetic. Um, yeah, my I'm because my childhood, I feel like compared to like a lot of people I feel like I was blessed with an amazing childhood just because of the type of family that I was given but Mm -hmm. you know I just don't feel like there was something that happened like a traumatic moment or a serious moment where I was like okay this is going to affect how I am growing up into an adult so let me ask you a question I know you're adopted do you think that you being adopted has anything to do with why you're so apologetic um yeah I do think so. I think that would probably be the answer to your, your previous question. Yeah, that would probably be the root of it because I'm not going to speak for all adopted children, but for the most part, adopted children are. Well, speak to, from yourself. Talk about well, you. Well, yeah, yeah. We won't. This is going to be a little, you know, got to unpack myself. But okay. as far as like, as, as, uh, as I'm concerned, being adopted, you have to kind of go through your life wondering, you know, like, what ifs? Like, okay, did, what was my situation worse than others? Was it better? Was what I could have potentially been born into going to be worse for me? What was that family like? What was, you know, you, there's so many questions you have to ask for yourself. And I think for me, based on the... How, how the adoption played out for myself um, and how I interpreted it, it seemed like it could have been a bad situation for myself. And it was something that I was able to avoid, thankfully. But the way that I was given up for adoption, it felt a little weird or it was different because I wasn't just like one child and then the, the, the birthing woman was just like, okay, I had one child by mistake or whatever situation, then I'm done. Or she waits like 10 years, so she's actually ready for children. No, I was like the middle child of this person. There's, I, ha- I know I have someone older than me, and I'm like 80% sure I have a younger sibling. So it's kind of weird that for some reason, like me, out of the three of us, while I was given up for adoption. Now, 
I think that plays into the, my mind of like, okay, I don't want to be given up on. I don't know why, because like my parents are amazing and the people like my, my family members are amazing. The people that raised me, but it's just like something that I can't really escape. That's like, that makes me apologetic in the sense of like, I don't want people to give up on me, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, before we continue, I kind of want to go back a bit. Um, how do you, how do you feel? feel? How does, how that, does make that make you feel, feel that your mom had, or I'm sorry, your biological mom had a child before you and possibly after? Well, at first, when I first read like my manuscripts, it made me upset because um, you know, it just didn't make sense to me like how this this woman would let the middle child go, um, you know, and I just, it just didn't add up to me as far as like, well, how did this whole dynamic play out? And when I went to go looking for answers and those type of things, that's when I found out um, I had a younger, I think it's a brother. I think I have a younger brother and then I have like an older sister. And I, you know, I kind of found, I think I found, I know I found my sister on Facebook and then my younger brother, I don't know if I was able to pinpoint like, yeah, that's who, who he is. But as far as like my sister's concerned, it's like, it's just very interesting to see what I could just see just based off of this, her social media profile, how she look. I mean, it didn't seem like she was in any type of distraught. And of course, I don't know her life at all. But just, you know, taking a glance and just seeing and guessing and assuming, she seemed like she was perfectly all right. So it's just interesting the fact that, you know, I identify as like an only child because I have no siblings with my adoptive parents who Mm -hmm. are my real parents in my eyes. Mm -hmm. But I was, I don't want to say robbed, but I didn't get the, I didn't get the opportunity to have siblings, you Mm -hmm. know, even though they're right there. Um, So it, it is frustrating the whole the whole idea of it just because it's just like why why was this why was I the exception of being kept or left Mm -hmm. did you ever try to reach back out to your biological mom to ask that question um we tried and I say we because my parents try to help me with it just so because they're curious too because evidently they were supposed to meet the uh the woman and she like your biological mom yeah and then she flaked mm-hmm. on them you know i get you know and i and i've kind of read things where it's like women that give up on children or men that give up on their children um in the sense of like hopefully giving them a better life than they can it's very mm-hmm. hard to do that because it's like okay i'm not good enough or you know what i have to offer what is not going to be good enough for this child's life who i still value but it's like it's so weird. It's like you value this child's life, but and you would love to keep them, but you know you're not good for them. We, mm-hmm. And that, that's a very hard thing for women and men to deal with. So she ended up flaking on my parents. And, you know, because they're supposed to go, there's a whole process of adoption. You're supposed to ask questions, get um, some references for like the makeup of the child. Um, and I didn't get none of those answers. Like, I don't know what runs in my genes. I don't know if like I have heart issues, back problems, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm gonna lose my hair at 30 years old, you know, like it's, there's so many things. I'm just kind of like, well, you know, the doctor will ask me, 
old? Just running your family? And I'm like, mm, I can't really tell you. <laughs> Don't look for my dad for answers, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah. Have you tried to reach out to your um your siblings? I did. I did try to reach out to my older sister. And it's crazy because my older sister, um, way darker than me. I don't know, like, I know people can't see me, but I'm a light-skinned brother. Mm-hmm. And my sister is, like, like chocolate, like, super, mm-hmm. like, way darker than me. She has the same type of facials as me as far as, like, our noses. Facial like, features. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, it's crazy. Like, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's insane. And um, and I'm, I'm assuming we had different, like, fathers. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. that would probably be obvious. But, um, you know, so, like, I tried to reach out to her, but my parents didn't want to um, divulge information to her that she potentially doesn't know. Um, and I was a little annoyed with that, but it makes sense because we're on the back end of stuff while she could have been sheltered from this whole other mm-hmm. you know, person that is related to her. And I think she's like two years older than me, so twenty-five. And so, um, uh huh. Keep going. Pretty much it. I was gonna ask, but what do you have to? Can you just reach out to her just to have a relationship with her? I, that's what I want to do, but out of respect for my parents, I didn't want to go behind their back to do something because this is still kind of thing. Like I know my mother isn't jumping up and down for me to reach out to these people my father like doesn't really care he's just like yeah i want to know what the fuck is wrong with these people but um because <laughs> he looks at it like man like i have such an amazing son he's like what like what was wrong with y'all to like not keep him type of thing but you know that's here or there with him but, but- i guess well, before you keep going but i just want to know what does that have to do with your sister like you Outside of why your biological mom adopted you, um, which was a blessing for your parents, but you kind of want to have a relationship with your, um, you, if I heard you correctly, you said you were kind of cheated or robbed with having siblings. Yes, that is true growing up. Why can't you have that now? And that has nothing to do with your biological mother or your mom now. It's just a relationship with your sister, getting to know her and who she is as a person. You know, I agree. You know, if I, I probably would tell, say the same thing to someone else if this was like another situation. But mm-hmm. it's so hard because I just don't want to upset my parents in any type of way when it comes to the situation. If they don't feel like that's the appropriate thing to do, because I'm so thankful and I appreciate them more than whatever the, whatever I get from just knowing my sister. Um, I don't. I I don't want to upset my parents in that regard. I just value what they're looking for more than just like me just having a relationship with my sister. Um, what do you think? What happened if you did go um have a relationship with your sister? Well, essentially, be behind her back. Um, because they have brought them up to. They've explicitly what? said they've explicitly told you, I don't want you to have a relationship with your biological family. They didn't say that. They just said that my timing, because this was like probably like a year and a half ago, 
the timing of what was going on and the efforts that we already try to put in, we, they just felt like at this time we should just wait on that. Um, and I haven't brought it up since. They might say, oh, yeah, go for it now or, you know, put more effort into finding her now or getting more concrete contact. Um, but I just haven't asked. Mm. Do you think that you're you give a lot of power to your parents as it relates to your life as an adult now? Yes. Yeah, I do. Um, Cause I just know at the end of the day, like my parents have like the best intentions for myself and they, mm-hmm. they continuously support me um, overwhelmingly. And there's just some things that I know I probably would say, like they don't baby me. Like, they actually expect me to do a lot of things in my life. But as it comes to, like, just a support system, yeah, I give them a lot of that um, to them, more so than I probably give to anybody. Do you ever think you will eventually take full ownership of your own life? I probably will. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's the goal as I get older to, like, have more ownership over my, you know, as far as, like, my decisions and what I do. I mean, as far as, like, you know, me picking schools out, um, picking jobs, where I want to move to, uh, people I have in my life, like, they don't really dictate that. They are, they hardly do. They get their input, you know, just like anyone mm-hmm. would. But the things that they have control over is just, like, just me, how they want to, um, how should I say it? How they want to always be there for me, how they want to you know, do give their input and how much value um, Mm -hmm. I put on that. Um, And then if they tell me, hey, I don't think you should do this, more times than not, I probably won't do it because I'm just like, all right, well, they probably know more than me. Let me just like try to figure out a different way of going about the situation. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to move on. Um, I'm going to say something before I move on, but I will move on because at the end of the day, I know your parents and I respect your parents, but I also wanted to... um, you know, some people can have good intentions, right? I can love you, Alex, and I can have great intentions for you, but it doesn't necessarily make my way the right way or the only way. Mm-hmm. And I want, and I'm not sure if you think that if you go out and reach out to your biological sister to have a relationship with them, that that's going to result in you not having a relationship with your parents. Does that make sense? Because mm-hmm what I heard you say in the beginning of this podcast is that that is something that is bothering you. It's festering. It's boiling inside of you. And that, that unknown is, it, 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 it is playing an impact in your life. And I think that you might have to go and seek that out to solve some of the, um, I guess, um, hidden things are um that are going on in your mental like maybe why you're so apologetic or certain answers that you need and you may not need uh necessarily need answers from your sister but the fact that you feel like you are missing out on a bond or that you did miss out on a bond you still have that opportunity you're how old 23 you're a 23 year old man you have to eventually make up your own decisions and learn the power of discernment and say yes when you seek out advice from your parents you can 
And I'm not telling you not to because I don't want your parents to get mad at me, right? <laughs> not telling you to t- not take advice from your parents. I'm taking you. I'm telling you to be wise enough to know. At the end of the day, it's some things that you're going to have to go after because it's in your best interest. It's your sister. Does that make sense? That's that's something that, and you can reach out to her, and it may not like be all peaches and cream. It may not be like yeah. oh, but how would you know if you never reach out? just because you fear that your parents may be upset with you. They may be upset, but they might end up like, I'm glad you did that. They're going to still love you. You're their child. Mm-hmm. But if that, but it, I guess it really depends because I don't want to pressure you on my end either to tell you to reach out. I'm just letting you know that if it's bothering you, I think you should face it. If it's some question that you have, if it's something that you need, but I don't want you to fear that you're going to lose your parents because you do that. Yeah. It doesn't have to be either or. It can be, I, um, I can reach out to my sister. Um, my parents are going to be upset, but they will get also they will also get over it because they love me unconditionally. Yeah, yeah. So I just wanted to um, put that in your ear. I have another question, or you know what? What's going on in your mind right now? Before I move on, nothing. Just thinking about like that. That I mean, because that does make a lot of sense. Because I've been feeling that type of way um about the whole situation i just didn't know how to like go about it but i do i do agree with all that i want you to just to just remember how earlier today i talked about taking initiative Mm -hmm. i think you gotta re and when i tell him talk about earlier for the listeners it's a conversation that we had outside of this podcast but i think you should work on ownership and taking control of your own life and making your own decisions. And of course you ask advice and you seek guidance and mentorship, but you have to learn how to do for yourself and be able to take advice, take advice and, um, and weigh it and see if that's, um, like, you know, what's best for you. And then sometimes we got to make mistakes just to learn from them. But if you don't ever, if you avoid those mistakes or you avoid making a move because you fear something, I think that you're not going to make progress. Uh, I said progress. Uh, progress. <laughs> yeah. So um, that's it. I, I want to know at this moment, if you could, I want to know, how do you feel about yourself? Uh, or, and what do you think about yourself? So how do you feel about yourself and what do you think about yourself? Hmm. I, I feel like... Uh... To put it in a nutshell, I feel like I'm a very um, blessed uh, individual. Um, I also feel like that I have a lot of opportunities and uh, room for growth in myself. Um, But I do feel like there will be days where I'm lacking um, a heavy bit of confidence. And then there'll be days where I'm like, all right, like I'm about to just go handle my business and just take charge and da da da. But but there are a lot more days where I'm kinda like hesitant to sound like my potential and doing things and you know, I feel like cause I there was a point where I was struggling with my confidence to the extent where I felt like I was depressed. But trying to take more advantageous steps to to not do that has been like a challenge for me. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it's a give and take, but I just feel like overall, I know I have a lot of room for growth and I'm glad I have a lot, a lot of that opportunity. But at the same time, I need to keep making my steps to build my confidence, to build my self-worth that I know that I have, just making sure that I 
feel it and it and and express it. How do you feel like your self confidence impacts your relationship? Um, like with my partner. Um, that can be one, yeah. Um, well, I feel like we're just like like with my girlfriend and with my friends. Um, I feel like I should show or say more of like knowing of what I bring to the table. Um, and with my family too, um, like my extended family, just because like I just, I just I can I you know I I know how people uh, operate around me, and it's not always to how I always want to see it happen, but I always lack that ability to to like pretty much stick up for myself, and um, it it plays a role because I always want to have things change but then it doesn't and so then I'm kind of just like left standing there like all right well now I just kind of got to deal with this and tolerate but that's not always that's not what I have to do and that's not what I should be doing so what's stopping you that's a good question that's the question I'm trying to figure out I don't know really what stops me I think it goes back to like the root of what we were talking about not too long ago about my adoption kind of trying to filter through that but just also and then you know being a part like saying sorry all the time because I'm just afraid of upsetting people and losing people because then I feel like that's a reflection of how I am as a person mm-hmm. yep yep there we go and this will be recorded so you can play it back it's like yep i got it (laughs) yeah that was like yeah i hit that on the head boy did you have any male mentors growing up um or even now so growing up and now i mean of course i look towards my dad um i was just thinking that you're so marani i feel like you know me so well i was just thinking about this other day if i really had to say that or like put this on somebody as far as my mentors it really would just be and that male it really would just be mm-hmm. three men it would just be my father my my uncle my mother's brother and uh, my grandfather mm-hmm. however i feel like i don't because they're my family members i don't feel like that's like a mentor even even though i know there's a lot of you know, uh, males, black males, men of color that have situations where they might not even have a father, father or a father figure in their lives. So I don't want to devalue what I have, mm-hmm. but I because I have it, I always felt like me saying, "Oh yeah, like male mentors." I always looked at it outside of like my family because my family's gonna give me advice as my uncle. Like they saw me in diapers they saw me growing up they saw me fall off a bike they saw me play sports you know when I think of like a mentor I think of like a professional mentor academic mentor spiritual mentor that doesn't have like that um references me as a child does that make sense you know it does but you know what's so interesting everything that you said and of course you struggle a bit professionally and all that good stuff but did you know earlier in the podcast you take ownership of that part the one part that you don't have is a personal mentor someone who does know you and who can push you because you know how many young men who don't have father figures and uncles Mm. in their lives and you have that but you don't look at them as mentors yeah 
And so I wanted to know, did they teach you, did your father, grandfather, and uncle, did they teach you about confidence and how to love you and value yourself as a man and as a person? Did those no. lessons come in? No. And and no? and I feel like my I feel like my the three men that I named off, I feel like they taught me how to be a black man mm-hmm. in America and all the things that come with that, all the convolutedness that comes with that, you know, and it's more so when I think of what they've taught me, I feel like they taught me how to treat women, um, appreciate women, to be a professional, to earn what I earn. Like mm-hmm. if I slack, I'm going to get um, half-assed work or I'm going to get half-assed productivity. But if I'm going to get hopefully the fruit of my labor mm-hmm. and they taught me how to be so many things of how to conduct myself in a good manner my grandfather always says be a good citizen you know so just based off of the experiences that they've had in growing up in like the 50s and 60s 80s 90s my father being in the military my uncle going to college being in you know uh, it being a part of like the first wave of black students to really infiltrate you know colleges and university and then my grandfather transitioning from the south to the west coast like they giving me so much like plethora of information but they haven't really taught me how to really express myself as a man which kind of goes back to what we kind of talk about in class and just amongst um, me and you Miranda and our friends of like how for some reason black men don't want to fully express themselves and i just know and it's no shot to my men my 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 family members but they didn't really tell me how to say how i feel Mm -hmm. and so what's going on in my mind is if you know know that 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 exists that that you lack confidence that they didn't teach you how to be a man what actions because and before I go in there because acknowledging and identifying some people aren't even there they don't even know that that exists or that that is a problem that they have right mm-hmm. and so now that you're aware of that what have you been doing to better yourself and to better your confidence and to um how have you been teaching yourself how to express yourself what have you been doing well I'm young and I feel like to me even get to this point of acknowledging my issues and to identify, acknowledge it, and now to take action, it's kind of taken me a couple years to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't done as much as I feel like I should have mm-hmm. or should be doing, but I think it's just because I've kind of had to get myself there and go through different challenges and phases of my life to get to this point. Um, I just think that... One thing that I, I do right now, I'm going to say two things, what I am doing and what I want to do. Mm-hmm. One thing I do do, uh, do in, in, yeah, I'm getting my words mixed up. The one thing I do do is I look at other people that are like my contemporaries that graduated with me or that were like-minded, that I know are able to think cognizantly of like their inner workings. 
and kind of see what they do on on a on a daily basis and how they try to get their confidence and just be you know um, in touch with themselves. So I don't know if I need to say people's names, but I just know that there's people that went to school with us, Marana, that I look at and I'm like, all right, I see how they go about showing their confidence and showing their worth to people. Now, give me some examples. Some examples. Well, I'll just say Patrick, um, Patrick, uh, Patrick Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I haven't been talking to Patrick regularly as like I used to, mainly just because mm-hmm. I did like a weird thing where I kind of like distanced myself from people, mm-hmm. and I feel like he's one of the people that I really distanced myself from, which I oh that pisses me off. But I look at him and I'm just like, dang, like he's come from a lot of stuff you know just from the conversations that me and him had and what mm-hmm. he's shown through his his platforms is that he's gone a long way in finding himself and now capitalizing on his confidence and what he brings to the table because Patrick I think is an amazing person and and does so much for himself and, and working alongside other people and that's so give that me an example though out. like what though specifically what skill set what specifically does he do to be more confident or carry himself as a confident person that you have been doing besides looking at them, what have you been modeling from them or from Patrick? Well, one thing that I've been modeling is I think like his mannerism and his professionalism. Mm -hmm. I feel like how he operates at his job and in his schooling, I feel like I was always like, like trying to reach. So like when we were in school together and he would speak and how he will always reference himself as like, um as like a foundation to where he is now um I think was always like really really cool to see so like if he was speaking about an issue with black black people he would relate it to himself how he struggled with something and then to where he identified it and now is working on it and capitalized on it so So give me an example of you doing it for yourself right now right now what I'm trying to do is seeing that no, no, no. I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt you. Give me an example of you because you say you model that from him, the way he relates himself, um, when it, how he relates. He, he says something personal about himself to relate mm. to whatever topic that is. I want you to try that right now with me. So in a form of self-confidence. Okay. Um, woo, let me see. Uh, I don't know. I mean... You say you've been modeling it. So do you do you have any affirm do you tell yourself? Do you have any self um positive self-talk? Well here, do I'll you give you check an yourself out. I'll uh-huh. give you an example. I was talking to my friends out here and they are totally different from the people we went to school with, right? And I know that one of the things that always bothered me about my friends out here, they always talk about how they look. Mm-hmm. We grew up, we grew up in like a predominantly white area, right? So mm-hmm. they always said like, oh Alex, like you you always like have like a better look than me, or you know, you're you always seem to like um just attract more attention to yourself, I guess in a good way, however they like it. And I know it stems from them not used to seeing other people that look like them in this area that are I guess they feel like is an attractive person now mm-hmm. it's so you're saying so- you five so you're saying you five 
No, I'm not saying that. I think my friends are saying that they wish they had, like, for example, like my, friends? yeah, what? Better looking friends? Not better looking friends. I just think that they look at me and they're always like, damn, like, for some reason, Alex has more going for himself than they do. And for example, my friends always say like, dang, Alex, you always have like good hair or, oh, Alex, you always seem to like, um, what's the other thing that they say? Oh, you always seem to have like, um, um, dang, it's escaping my, my head, but let's just focus on the hair thing. And I always tell them, I say, Hey, no, that's not, that's not what you should be thinking. I think the way that you should be looking at it is like, Hey, you have a great look that you should be able to work for yourself. Don't focus that I have going for myself and just saying like, oh, my hair texture is better just because it's not kinky or, you know, all all curly and whatever. Okay. Um, I, wait, wait. I love it. I love it. I'm glad that you're building other people's self-confidence, right? It's not my question. My question is, what do you do yourself to build your self-confidence? That was my question. And see, that's the point. That's the thing that I'm trying to say is like, I don't, I don't know. I'm not. So when you, so, um, so give me something maybe you did this week. What was something that, um, contributed to you feeling better about yourself? What, what do you do to make yourself feel better about who Alex is? Uh, I mean, to be honest, I mean, nothing. Okay. I'm not that's I'm okay. not I'm not there yet. I'm that's the thing. It's like I'm I don't know. I'm trying to figure that out. It's because okay. I'm always looking at how to make other people feel confident mm-hmm. and make sure that they're good before I'm good. So how can you pour from an empty cup? I don't know, Miranda. I don't know. Okay, that's fine. Um you ever heard me and Shan be like, I look good. I feel good. <laughs> I say that all the time too. Wait, hold on. Okay, so that that is so. Let's say it right now. Go, go say it. Oh, look good. No, feel no, good. wait, wait. It don't sound like you look good or feel good. So I look good. <laughs> I look good. Uh-huh. I feel good. Right. And then I throw in there. Taste I, good. Smell oh, good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we okay. ain't got to put all that on there. Okay, so you look good. You feel good. You smell good, and you taste good. <laughs> don't listen to me okay no i'm i'm gonna I'm have to uh get your girlfriend and ask your girlfriend like now he uh <laughs> he said he tastes good you feel no, me no no we ain't you, gotta go there we no ain't gotta go there it's okay it's, i'm gonna be like so you got you got something good i hope um everything is well <laughs> it's okay it, listen it's okay to feel good taste good smell good because it's all mm-hmm. good right mm-hmm. and i yes, want you ma'am. to <laughs> yes ma'am um I want you, that's something. Do you, how, how often do you say that? I don't say it often enough. I I'll probably only it say it twice I a day. I only say it like, I only probably say that when, like, I got something that was a goal of mine accomplished. Like, I don't know. Like, if I got onto like the soccer team or I got accepted mm-hmm. into this school or whatever, got this new job, I've been like, all right, yeah. And can, then go into my first day of work. Look good, smell good. Can I ask you a there question? Yeah. If your girlfriend, right, loved you um, because, um, do you think your girlfriend loves you because, like, um, you have an education or because maybe that you look good um, or because you got a new job? Do you think those are the only reasons why she loves you? 
I think the I think the main reason I think all of that is probably why she does like it probably helps. I think the main reason that she um has has loved me is because I was able to give her like the the appreciation that she was looking for and like the the how do I say it the love the kindness the the nurturing Mm -hmm. part of a man that she wasn't getting from other people so I think that's why she fell in love with me and appreciates all the other things that come with me as a person you know they like little add-ons but people latch on to like a main thing that catches their 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 heart about a person you know what i'm saying well i want to tell you why i love you it's like 21 reasons why i love you uh, <laughs> i'm not gonna say 21 but one reason why i truly do love you i love your spirit and your energy and i love your laugh look every time i hear your laugh like it warms up my heart people say my laugh is too loud it, hey, but that's good but who cares hold on one who cares about what people say about your laugh right i love your laugh i think it's the most amazing sound that i can hear when i talk to you right and I, I i love your smile tell your girlfriend i don't want you i'm just saying the things that i love about <laughs> you uh, um and I, I i love your intellect i love the way that you carry yourself as a man i love your your helpful nature and i love that you know how to cook because you know i'll be struggling in the kitchen right yeah, and I remember. So, I used to do those taco parties for everybody. You used to. I'm just playing. Um, what? I was about to say what? Um, and there's there's several other things that I love and that I like about you, and I and I thank God for you, right? And um, again, just knowing you, and I remember meeting you. You actually introduced yourself to me. Um, we were no, sitting with, I didn't. We were sitting with no. Morgan. We were sitting with Morgan. I remember. No, I know that, but you came up to me. I did not introduce myself to you, Miranda. What did you say? What did I say? You came up to me. You're like, hi, what's your name? Or something like that. And then you just went on and introduced yourself. Okay. I was just sitting there observing people. I have a different story about that, but that does sound like oh, me too. Oh, hell no. All right, all right. That does sound like me too. But either way, I, I, I love everything about you and i want you to know that i love you unconditionally does that make sense like whether you make me upset one moment or you made me my happiest right i want you to Mm. know that regardless of the actions that you do or the words that you say i still rock with you right and that's just and that's just me as a friend and wholeheartedly like i want the best for you and you'll you'll hear that in um, when I call you and when I tell you about yourself, it's just all love, right? I want you to do your best and make that your number one priority is to love yourself unconditionally. Because what I hear you say, not only do you pour from an empty cup, but you're trying to, you're trying to show or teach other people to be confident in themselves, but you're not, you don't even know how um, to be confident in yourself. And so mm. if there was a young man who you can absolutely mentor if it was about self-confidence how could you teach him how to be a better man everything that you lacked as a man or that your 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 family members did not teach you they taught you good stuff great stuff because you are a good man i i vouch for that 
they so they did their job. But as far as expressing yourself and teaching you how to love yourself, if a young black boy like you, maybe he's adopted too, how can you mentor him? What would you teach him? How do you teach him the things that you didn't you weren't taught yourself? How can you be a better person? And those are the things that I want you to think about and not loving yourself conditionally and making yourself feel good because you got a job. Because when you lose that job, now you're hard on yourself. Yeah, or, if you didn't, or if you didn't make the soccer team or if you didn't pass your test, you're hard on yourself. All of a sudden that you don't, you don't, your, your hard work doesn't mean anything when you've been far and you've been through a few things and you have parents that love you, but you have to learn how to just say, you know what? I feel good today. You get me? Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Or I love myself because I'm um because um I got a nice smile. I love myself because I know I'm a good person. Yesterday, you didn't say it today, but yesterday you said I know I'm a good man. <laughs> <laughs> there's did. there's no doubt, hesitate there was no doubt or hesitation in your voice. You said I know I'm a good man. That confidence in your voice where you didn't shake, there was no hesitancy. I need you to have mm-hmm. that back because you are a good person and you are a good man, but I know you can be better. And I think that you should work on finding different tools or different items. So whether that's you giving, so I'm going to charge you with, I need you to say something positive about yourself every day. You give me, there's a difference between being confident and arrogant. When you see Patrick, you go, he carries himself. and, And Patrick, and let me tell you this, Patrick didn't have what you had. He didn't have a relationship with his father. His stepfather died like two, three years ago. He's raised with women and he's the first generation. And it's not comparing. I'm just saying how somewhere, somehow deep down in his soul, he has reached out to carry the confidence in big Pat. Pat, Let me tell you, Patrick, uh, Jim Rat Pat right now, loved himself. (laughs) Loved himself when he was big Pat Pat. And so though he may have been um, he lacked self-confidence. He still carried himself with the utmost respect. And so yeah. that looks differently for everyone, but I want you to reach out to Patrick. And if you want to continue distancing yourself, that's fine, but reach out to Ben and just ask like, so what do you do? I don't know. Maybe you take selfies. Maybe you do um, daily I affirmations, don't. make yourself, maybe, maybe you got to go pamper yourself. You get me? Maybe you got to get a new haircut. Make yourself feel good. Do things. Maybe you have to perfect a skill. Does that make sense? There's different things that you can do um, to love yourself better. And I only honestly think when you pour into yourself, that's how you can be able to pour into others. But you can't help anyone else until you help yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't want you just to sit on that. Because I know you are a thinker i know you process for a long period of time too long right but i want you as soon as we get off this podcast to do something and say and give yourself some type of self-talk and positive affirmation and i want you to tell me maybe you got to record it you know snapchat me or instant don't snapchat me um instagram i got a snapchat yeah i know instagram me maybe like something like hey miranda you know i look good check me out I, (laughs) i i need you to do something that like or even speaking into existence of who you want to be, claiming it because manifestation is a thing. Like manifest who you want to be. And then slowly but surely 
put those things into action, okay? Um, All right. I'm actually about to wrap up our podcast, but I have two things for you. Do you have any goals to improve your self-confidence after you, yeah. um, this conversation? What What is like, what is one? Uh, one, uh, I like the daily affirmations. I like that. Um, I'm going to go look more into that. And then I think learning the skill or honing my skill um, mm-hmm. is something that I would like to do. I think those are two things I can start with. Do you need me to hold you accountable? Probably. No, nope. it's, it's either yes or no. <laughs> n- no, but okay. I will. What I will do is I will let you know if I'm progressing in it, and then if I'm not, then then yes. Oh, I'm gonna hit you up next week, even though you don't want to be up. <laughs> uh, I won't check on you daily, but I hit you up next week and next month, and be like, so how's it going? Okay. But maybe, and I hope that you you talk to your girlfriend. And you tell her, hey, babe, like, I'm struggling with this. And then maybe that she can be your accountability partner. Maybe Patrick can be your accountability partner. Maybe looking for a mentor, a male mentor, can be one of your goals. Okay. Um, Do you have, I asked everyone this, um, do you have one, um, something that you're working on for the year that you can wrap up in one word? Our short phrase um well this year my main projection is to get into grad school that's that's kind of been my main focus okay i hear that's a goal what's what's um one thing that you want to focus on that you can sum up to one word um grow grow how um, I want to grow professionally. Oh, no, 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 not even professionally, not right now. I want to grow academically and, um, like, spiritually. Okay, that's great. That's great. Um, can you tell the people where they can follow you on Instagram? Whew. Thank you for listening to the podcast, y'all. <laughs> Miranda is one of the best people I've ever met. She is awesome. But you can follow me at Future Xander. F-U-T-U-R-E, no underscore, Xander, Z-A-N-D-E-R. Holla at your boy. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Alex, for your stamp of approval. I really do appreciate that, and I thank that. And if you are listening and you are a black male, please reach out to my buddy, Alex, and pour some love. <laughs> buddy. Yeah, pour <laughs> some love. Pour into his cup because he needed it. Or if you are a black woman or you know anyone who Alex can um, benefit from or some type of service that will be beneficial towards his growth, I really would encourage you to DM him and say, hey, Alex, what's going on? I feel like I know you because I listened to the podcast with you and Miranda. I got this for you. And I think that that, because it takes a village, right? And so mm-hmm. I would really appreciate you if you could do that for my friend and if you want to follow me on Instagram, you can always follow me at Miranda X. Mm-hmm. And if you would like to read my blog on this episode, please visit my website at www.mirandax.com slash blog cast B-L-O-G-C-A-S-T. And that's it for today. I will see you all next week. See you, Alex. Bye.